Here we go, Bunger, another episode of The Dugout. Uh, This is going to be episode six, and today we're going to do a little bit uh, of a different scheduling, I suppose. We usually just cover one division in baseball, but today we're going to do two. We're going to do the West Divisions, the American League and the National League. Uh, We're going to cover a little NCAA basketball, what's happening currently. Rob Gronkowski retired, and we're going to talk a little bit of our favorite, most fond baseball memories. Sounds good to me. Uh, Where do you want to start? Let's just bust out the memories real fast here. All right, so what's your favorite baseball memory, Matt? Whether it be like something you experienced uh, in person or just watching on TV and everything. Yeah, so none of these are in person. I feel like I haven't really been to that many great baseball games. I don't know. But uh, my number one memory, it was early 2000 when Randy Johnson threw a fastball and it hit like a pigeon that was crossing through. Oh, you when he, that? yeah, he hit it with yeah, he hit it with a fastball, and the, you just see the feathers go everywhere. Yeah, that is wild. It's still one of the most viewed like baseball clips. Ball and clips. honestly, the bird did a lot of damage to the ball because if you see, if you watch the video, make sure you guys look this up if you haven't seen it. The bird it hits the bird, and the ball completely like veers off to the left, uh, doesn't go anywhere near the catcher. And so I mean, that bird did put up a fight, but that's that's number one for me. What about you? All right, my number one baseball memory is actually. Back in 2009 when the Yankees won the World Series because it's the first title of all my uh, four major sports teams that I can actually remember. Like, yes, the Yankees did win in my lifetime before. You were young. But just having the passion for the team and then seeing them win in 2009, by far my greatest baseball memory. Cause it how me with how so old were you pride. in 09? Uh, 09? Well, I was born in 97, so I was 12. 12? Yeah. I must have been 13. All right, so that's your number one. My number two is Derek Jeter, the, his walk-off single in his last at-bat at Yankee Stadium against the Orioles. Okay, yep, I remember that. And then, um, so that's your number two. My number two is actually uh, also in 2009, the only playoff game I ever went to. Um, back in either the ALDS or the ALCS, I believe it was the DS against the Los, uh, Los Angeles Angels, a team which we'll cover today because in the AL West, right. when they were uh, playing the Yankees, my stepdad and I actually went to one of the playoff games at Yankee Stadium for that series. By far one of the coolest experiences I've ever had because the atmosphere there was like nothing else. What year was this? Oh nine when they won. Oh nine. Okay. So, yeah. It was just obviously before the World Series. Yeah, that must have been cool to be there at least. It was awesome. Just that ex- um, that experience and that atmosphere compares to nothing else, any other sporting event I've ever been, ever been to. Right. Well, I'd love to get there someday. My final one is going to be in 2011 when the Yankees were playing the Indians in the ALDS and the bugs were flying around. Oh, the Remember bug Jabba? incident with Jabba Chamberlain. Jabba Chamberlain the was spray. pitching and, and the bug spray and he kind of blew the save. And he really wasn't the same after that. No, and you know what's funny is if you ever uh, heard of the book Yankee Years by Joe Torre, the old Yankee manager, yeah. In that book and in interviews, he says his greatest regret as manager of the New York Yankees is not pulling his team off the field during that game, at least during that time frame. Right. He said that it messed with them um, and that he really thinks that if he would have initiated it, they would have delayed the game. Well, they, they definitely should have been a delay. It obviously had a direct impact on Jabba's pitching. And Jabba, I, I chose number 62 for one of my baseball seasons because of this guy. And then, like, the next year... He just completely becomes a different player and haven't really heard of him since. Well, no, now he's retired, but like after the Yankees, he really just bounced around from team to yeah, team, being like. He wasn't as hyped up. No, not at all. 
But all right, so Your final one. My third and final favorite baseball memory is a toss up, but I would say it's uh when A Rod signed with the Yankees. Okay. Because obviously be- growing up being a Yankees fan, you grew up idolizing Derek Jeter and everything was always Derek Jeter, A Rod, Derek Jeter, A Rod. So the fact that we were able to get both of those guys on the team and they were actually willing to play together right. and A Rod switching to third. It just was really exciting. Um, and then third, I actually, honestly, probably the calling up of Bryce Harper um, because I've never been more intrigued in a prospect up until that point. Okay. Um, when I was paying attention to baseball a lot back then, even now. But uh, when Bryce got called up, it was just really cool to watch because now you have these highly coveted prospects like, you know, Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. Uh, that'll come and get called up. But Bryce was really the first one. The guy had all this hype and attention surrounding him. ESPN talked, you know, so much about him like they do about LeBron. It was all him all the time. Yeah, he was kind of like the first of his kind, especially in the baseball world where uh, you like to see a hype guy come up and through the minors and kind of become the player that he is today. But at some point, most of them usually fall off. He really just skyrocketed through every level. Yeah. So those are my those are my top three. I like that. That was interesting to hear from both of us. I feel like that's the topic we need to not best memories each week, but something like that. You know. Yeah, what I'm something to like go about because yeah. honestly, mine were like experiences, and yours were kind of like highlights and like yeah, moments things, you remember. Things so we see. It was different. It was cool. Right. So you want to move on to American League or National League West? Yeah, you want to start with the American League West? I'm down with that. All right, so the American League West, obviously the teams in the division, you got the Houston Astros, Oakland A's, Seattle Mariners, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Texas Rangers. Right. Uh, it's not really that competitive of a division, in my opinion. Definitely not, no. It's, it's I mean, especially now with the dynasty of the Astros, it's really just a fall-off from the teams after that. I mean, last year it was, it was kind of close. In the 2018 standings, you had the Astros in first going 103 and 59. The Oakland Athletics 97 and 65 surprised a lot of people. They actually both made the playoffs. Mariners at 89 and 73. Angels at 80 and 82, so just under 500. And then the Rangers, the bottom dwellers, at 67 and 95. Yeah, so like you said, the Astros franchise, I feel like looking at the rosters one by one, the Astros are just like. Literally astronomically better. Yeah, well, they're stockpiled with talent, too. Exactly. Everywhere. They have so much depth. You want to start with them? Yeah, let's start with them. So, as we said, last year, came in first place, 103-59. and uh, They're actually projected to win the division again this year, going 99-63, and according to BleacherReport.com. So, people believe in this team and what they have and the dynasty. Right. And, like I said about the rosters, you run through, from top to bottom of last year's standings, it's just a completely different ball game. Uh, like with the Astros, the pitching staff alone has guys like Garrett Cole and Lance McCullers Jr. and Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander, even though he's kind of older, he's still going to be able to produce. And their their infield and outfield has have a few all stars in, you know, Jose Altuve and Bregman and Carlos Correa, and then they have Michael Brantley and George Springer in the outfield. So compared to the other teams, uh, the Astros are just in the league of their own. Well, I forgot they just picked up Brantley, too. Yeah. Yeah, wow. He hit 300 last year. Exactly. They just picked him up. 
Yeah, they, they, they can all field well, and they, they can all hit the ball. And you just love guys like Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa. Honestly, and I, I know you mentioned it before, Bregman's one of my favorite players in baseball. Yeah. But that infield is just going to be a, just dynamic for the next at least four or five years if they can right. keep all of them. And they're big-name guys, but they kind of don't act like they're big-name guys, if you know what I mean. No, and I, I follow uh, Bregman on Instagram. Um, just like the close-knit, like, Love that those guys have for each other. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah. So I does Bleacher Report have them winning again? Yeah, Bleacher Report has them winning again, going ninety nine and sixty three. Um, I mean, they they couldn't give them that a hundredth win. I, I think they're gonna win a hundred <laughs> games. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this team's great. You know, it, it's it starts with their pitching. So when you have guys like we said, Verlander, even though he's older, he just signed a two year, I think sixty six million dollar extension. So he just got paid. Right. Uh, you know, you have Garrett Cole. A lot of people think he's going to be a Cy Young. And who knows if they'll bring Keiko back. Maybe he'll come back on a, a low-end deal um, or, or something. He's, he's still unsigned. He was a big part there. Lance McCullers. Uh, they say they have Wade Miley. They have depth. They do have depth. So it's just – and honestly, with an offense, like with the lineup that they have, they could probably get away with some average pitching. But yeah. they are definitely some of the best pitching in baseball. It is, they have some, some of the best pitching in baseball, and as you said, they, they're they going to be able to hit the ball as well. This is a team that's probably going to score you know, six, seven runs a game consistently, uh, and especially in this division where you know the Athletics kind of came out of nowhere and had a really good season. But other than that, uh, the division doesn't look that strong. Well, no, but we'll, we'll talk about that as we go on to other teams, but... Is there anything else you want to say about the the Astros? I feel like it's just they're they're on the same level, if not higher, than the Yankees and the the Red Sox, and those three are the teams that everyone talks on the AL. Uh, so uh, Astro World was a pretty good album. Yeah, but that's by Travis Scott. Yeah, Didn't was, he throw out a first pitch or something last yeah, year? Yeah, those are his. Those are his boys. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because uh, he's. I think he's let, a Texas guy. He is. He's from Texas. Yeah. yeah. He's from Houston. So. Yeah. Let's see if um, you know, they can live up to the hype again. And uh, win the division, but I, I, I think so. I think they'll easily be a 100-win team. I'll say 101. I'll go two better than Bleacher Report. Without moving on from Travis Scott, he's got it pretty pretty good in terms of the teams he can root for in Houston. Yeah. With you, the Astros sitting, sitting pretty, and the Rockets are like the hottest team in basketball. and The Texans, I mean, too, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they're, 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 they're finally getting some pieces. Right. They're, they're going to be – they look promising, but uh, – so good for Travis Scott. <laughs> want to move on next to the athletics? Yeah, so let's move on to the athletics. Do you want to start with them? Yeah. Uh, so, athletics. Never really been a star-studded team. Uh, their pitching staff was looking at the roster. None of the names struck me as, like, hit me in my memory. Infield was weak. The only guys that I really have heard anything of are Stephen Piscotti and Chris Davis in the outfield. All right. I, I'm looking up their roster now, too. Um where I do agree with you, like the av- like the average fan and stuff's knocking on a lot of these guys. The biggest thing about the A's, they were surprised last year. Uh, you know, they made the wild card going ninety seven and sixty five. Um, they're projected to come in second again, going eighty four and seventy eight. So a big drop off. But big thing for them, everyone knows who they are because of that big money money ball and Billy Bean. If you're not really an avid fan of this team. Chances are they'll just get you know blown away by the wet, the wayside. Right. They have stars, like you said, in Chris Davis and Piscotti, but a guy that really gets overlooked and I think is gonna be promising is Matt Chapman. 
He's their third baseman. He went to the same high school as Nolan Arenado on the Rockies, who many say that he's the best third baseman in baseball. Yeah. And Arenado said that Chapman's better than him. Any re- any relation to uh, Araldis? No, no, not at all. What do you mean? <laughs> it's uh, but th- this team's just a bunch of guys that I don't know. Maybe get overlooked, and I-, I think they'll certainly compete again. But there's no one really that stands out. You have a bunch of just obviously good players, but like average, like Joachim Soria. Yeah, but you know what's tough about that? It's tough to, it sounds terrible, but it's tough to root for a team that doesn't really have at least a couple guys that you're just like, those guys are awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the Athletics are the epitome of that in the MLB to me. And there's a few other teams, but especially the Athletics. Because, they, well, they can't hold on to their, their big-name guys all the time because they're a small market and their owner and everything. And yeah. It, it's really unfortunate. Like, yeah. going way back, they had to let go of guys like Jason Giambi, right. Johnny Damon... Can you think of any other team, like NFL or NBA teams like them, where they just it's tough to root for them because they just have nobody? Um, honestly, I would say the Clippers way before Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Yeah. They, they what about now? I feel like I feel like there's a every NBA team has at least one guy that you can root for. Yeah, but like even like the worst team, like the Suns, they have guys like Devin Booker. Right. I was thinking maybe the Grizzlies. <sighs> Yeah, probably. They don't really I mean, have... They're good, but they a lot of their guys are gone. They traded Gasol. Conley's gonna be a free agent, so yeah, it, yeah. Like you said, it's there, and it's weird because these teams always seem to be in the middle of the pack and competitive. So it's certainly a team that you're gonna root for if you're from the area or you're passionate about them. Yeah, and they're not like a complete disappointment, but they're never. It's hard for like you're not gonna bandwagon them because no, like there's not absolutely not someone that like someone's gonna fall in love with and be like whoa. Well, they don't really have anything that attractive. Their uniform isn't dope. Their their stadium sucks. I was there two years ago with my dad. It's it's a piece of cement. And the pl- the players, they just don't really bring in big-name guys. But they're a team that nearly had 100 wins last season. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes for them. We will. Uh, but like we said, Bleacher Report, second-place finish. I-, I definitely see them coming in second in this division again because yeah. the other three teams that we'll cover here soon – just lost way too many guys, or just aren't close to being competitive as the other, you know, the Astros or the A's. Right. So next up in the standings from last year would be the Mariners. Yep. All right. So Mariners went eighty nine and seventy three last year, good enough for third place. Biggest thing is, Bleacher Report has them losing fifteen more games this year, going seventy four and eighty eight, falling under five hundred, and that's just not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it, and I feel like they've dubbed them as being a you know an extra fifteen loss team is because they haven't really done anything in the off season. No, to and help they, them. they lost their best player in, in Cano. Robinson Cano right. too. So that's that's what I'm saying is they they didn't make any moves like these these other teams in in the division could have made or they didn't already have that solid group of guys other than Robinson Cano. So the biggest pitcher, I mean, it's King Felix. He's still on the team. He is, but I wouldn't even say he's the biggest pitcher. He's biggest the, name. Biggest yeah, he's the biggest name. The biggest pitcher on this team is probably, and I'm gonna butcher this name. I'm gonna try my best here. Is UC uh, Kukichi? That he, sounds good. He's a guy they brought in from, uh, you know, one of the uh, Japanese leagues. I think he looking him up right here. Let's see what his age is. He's older. He's not like guys that come over like Tanaka or. Uh, Kiyagawa or like, you know, uh, Daisuke Matsuzaka years ago. He's older and has played there for a while. I think they signed him to a three-year deal and just kind of got surprised. 
Yeah, he's 27 right now. Yeah. So, I mean, at most, you hope the guy can give you like six, seven years. Right. But he he already has a lot of wear and tear in his arm too. So he's been playing since 2011 in Japan. Right. I think the most important thing that the uh, that happened with the Mariners franchise in recent times is Ichiro just retired. Yeah. So that's and that was very emotional. You know, opening day, which is exciting. We get to record the day before the actual like MLB opening day tomorrow. That's, yeah. Um, the Mariners and the Oakland A's actually played a two game series, I believe, in Tokyo. It might have been three. I could look that up and get back to you, but where they played in Japan in the Tokyo Dome, and it was really just like one last hurrah for Ichiro. Um, obviously, the games count and everything, but he played, and then like they took him out of the uh, the game in the middle of it, and Ken Griffey Jr., one of his you know best friends and teammates, when you think of him, you know Ichiro as Mariners, really right. lifetime Mariners, was there and hugged in the dugout. It was very emotional. Yeah, it's gonna be sad not to see a guy like him anymore. He kind of. Uh, I mean, growing up, you didn't see a lot of guys bat the way he did, where he kind of leaves the box before he actually hits the ball. So I used to always make fun of kids who batted like that because they, no one could do it like Ichiro did it. There's a reason. There's there's only me one Ichiro. Correct. But getting back to the Mariners here, with the loss of uh, you know Robinson Cano, they also lost Nelson Cruz. Mm-hmm. So they lost their two like power hitters and everything. But there are still some guys in this roster. You know, you, you have King Felix. You don't know how he's going to come back. You have the that pitcher we just talked about. Hunter Strickland they have, too. Yep, they pitching. have Hunter Strickland. They said he's actually going to be their closer now. Okay. You still have veteran guys like D. Gordon. Jay Bruce is on the team. Yep, they got Jay Bruce. And they, they signed a power hit. Uh, they traded for him, actually. Edwin and Carcier Known, the guy that used to be on the Indians. Right. And they still have one of the better young outfielders, Mitch Hanniger. He really gets overlooked. And then you just have a bunch of average Joes. Yeah. yeah. I mean So where are they ranked for the projected standings? All right, so they fall from third to fourth. Uh they won eighty nine games last year, projected to win seventy four this year. And gross. It's it's unfortunate, but when you lose guys like Cano and Cruz, it's gonna know, hurt. Between those two guys, you're probably good for forty to forty five home runs. Right. You're you're gonna see that fall off for a reason. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the Angels, which obviously their big thing in the offseason was signing Trout to that extension. Making him the richest, the richest player in yeah. American Sports League history. And the Angels roster, other than Trout, it doesn't look bad. And uh, I think, what are they, are they projected third this year? Yeah, they're projected to come in third going 82 and 80, so I'm just gonna, over 500. I'm going to give them more than 82 wins. I don't know how many more, maybe... I can see this team honestly winning 90 games and finishing in second over the Athletics. They have a decent they have a decent amount of good pitchers. They have Trevor Cahill, Matt Harvey, you don't know what he's going to do. Wait, he, I thought Harvey's on the Reds now. Or did he sign with the, did he sign with the Angels? Angels, Angels active roster today, Matt Harvey. Okay. Okay. And that Otani guy. Shohei, yeah. And the thing about him though is you don't know if he's going to pitch or hit more this year cuz last year he really didn't pitch that much. Otani? Yeah, I mean, like, cause he's he, a, you remember he was hurt, too. What do you mean pitcher hit? Like, he's a DH and a pitcher. He's eligible for both. Really? Yeah, Otani. I think he, like, last year he was only, like, 2-4, and four, his record. I'll, like I said, I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, Matt, then, Har- Matt Harvey hurt. Is, uh, is on the Angels. But I don't think he's going to play a big part for them at all. Los Angeles Angels roster. Here we go. All right. Yeah, so like you said, you got Trout. Yep. Um, 
you have one of the best players of the past decade, Albert Pujols, who he's not the same player. He he might hit no. He might hit two fifty five, you know, and just he 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 eats up a lot of money and a lot of contract. Right, and and I think it could work with the roster that they have currently, but it also could go in the other direction and be terrible because they do have guys that are way past their prime, as you said about Pujols. They have Jonathan Lucroy who. Became hot, and then, you know, he didn't really do what everyone thought he was going to do. And even a guy like Andrelton Simmons, who played well on the Braves, don't know what it's going to translate to. And a veteran guy like Justin Upton. So you got Mike Trout and a bunch of guys that could work out well or could not work out well at all. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Their their offense and their lineup just has to stay consistent, and that's going to be the biggest piece in them probably finishing in second or third because – they have more talent, I would say, than the A's, but consistency and staying healthy is just going to be the biggest thing for this team. And I think that's why, you know, they won 80 and 82 last year, so they're projected to do the opposite and go 82 and 80 this year. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not much of a an increase or anything, but they have they have decent pitching. They have Cody Allen in the bullpen as a closer, Tyler Skaggs, Andrew Heaney, uh, Harvey, hopefully he can you know stay healthy and be somewhat decent for them. I think his better days are definitely behind him. Definitely, you know when he was on the Mets, and then who knows if they'll use Shohei as a pitcher really this year because last year I believe he messed up his UCL. So and when you look him up, he's listed as their designated hitter. Okay, but a thing is too, they also have two first basemen in Pujols and Bohr. Justin Bohr, the guy used to be in the Marlins, that's very good. So I'm going to say they're going to put Bohr at first base. So does that mean Pujols is going to be the preliminary DH? So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Tim yeah, Otani. will be interesting. Uh, last team in the division, the Rangers. I don't want to spend much time on them, man. They they haven't been – the last time I cared about the Rangers is when they had Josh Hamilton. <laughs> Josh Hamilton. When he was just – you know, when they had a stacked lineup, honestly. But now, I mean – they have Elvis Andrews, Asdrubal Cabrera is now on the team, Odor, the guy who fought Batista. It was Batista, right? Yep. And uh, Shin, Shin Su Chu in the outfield. But and they other, have Joey Gallo, too. He's yeah. good, but he strikes out way too much. It's just it's not a very appealing roster, and uh, I feel like they're pretty much inked to finish last again. Yep, they are. So last year, finished last 67-95. This year, 64-98, so actually doing even worse. I mean, of course, these are only projections, and there's a reason they play the games, but this team really has no pitching. No, none at all. I'm l- like, Sean Kelly is like one of their big name pitchers. He's a reliever. Uh, all right, they have Shelby Miller, the guy that used to be on the Cardinals and the Diamondbacks, but, but he's, he's nothing special. No, he he was. I mean, he was supposed to be. Then he got hurt right. and really just fell off. Lance Lynn, who's older than. Like dirt, and just past his prime. Edison Volquez. Yeah, Mike Miner. It, there's really no one here. Edison Volquez is probably their best guy. Yeah, which isn't. It, that's saying something. Yeah. But, All right. Yeah. Um. Enough with the American League. Yeah, we have another division to cover, so I, I know we didn't go as in depth as always, but we want to get you guys some more content too today. So. Yeah, definitely. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to? Do you want to go to that? NL West, or? Do you want to have, like, a little buffer? Yeah. A little buffer? Yeah, that sounds so, good. So, I want you want to talk NCAA basketball currently? Yeah, that's honestly one of the most exciting things going. I'm going to bracket yeah. pool up here. It's it's a lot of fun. Well, 
All right, I have some sad news from my part. I don't even know if I mentioned it last week in the show. I might have, but I did one bracket, and it didn't go through. It, it I don't know if my computer crashed or the internet cut out for a second, but I took time with my girlfriend. We made picks, and then my friend who does the league, Tyler Ford, who was the guest, yep. told me that my, my bracket was blank. So it basically is a wasted year for me. Well, that's really unfortunate. I, you you didn't mention it in the show that didn't go through, but I do remember you saying that your girlfriend really did the bracket, like you guys yeah. sat down and stuff last week. Um, but it's like if you don't fill out a bracket, then what's the point? Yeah, and, the, unless your team's in there and like you're really passionate about a college basketball team. Which not many people are. Most of the fun is really just seeing how good and well your bracket will right. do. Right, and there's one guy that has a perfect bracket left, which is kind of crazy. But also uh, something sad about this year's tournament is I feel like it's not that exciting. It's, I don't know, I just feel like it's it's hard because there's no, like, Cinderella team right now. Exactly, that's my point. It, it's not Everyone gonna... expects Duke to win. Right. It's it's Duke or North Carolina, Duke or North Carolina, and that would be really cool if it happens, but that's a big if. Yeah. And there's no Cinderella. I mean, last year you had Loyola, Chicago, and, like, Sister Jean that really took everyone by storm. Because at the end of the day, I mean, if, if you got these big – Name teams playing against each other. It's just like it seems like a. It's like the regular season. All right, so hold on. Let, let's do something here. We're we're up to the Sweet Sixteen now. Mm-hmm. Action resumes on Thursday. Uh, there's games Thursday and Friday. Right. Then we'll go to the Elite Eight. I'm gonna list these teams here. Tell me a team that like that you can honestly get behind right now. Okay. You have Florida State, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Michigan, Purdue, Tennessee, Oregon, Virginia, LSU. Michigan State, Virginia Tech, Duke, Auburn, North Carolina, Houston, and Kentucky. So that's who's left. Th- yeah. That's the Sweet 16, and I don't feel like there's many surprises there. But- I, I think the team I can get behind and the team that might you know cause a ruckus and a little bit of a, of a surprise on the big stage is Auburn. Auburn? Auburn looks, looks really good in their first two games. They just crushed... Uh, Who did they play in the second round? Kansas. Yes, they crushed, they crushed Kansas, Kansas, but they barely beat New Mexico State. But a lot of people were expecting that to be like one of the upsets that could have happened yeah. in the first round. I don't know. The New Mexico State game means nothing to me after crushing a perennial powerhouse like Kansas. In Kansas, yeah. For me, a team that, I mean, my favorite team is Butler. Uh, they didn't make the tournament this year. They were just average. I want Duke to win because so, that gives me the best chance um, for my bracket, right. my bracket pool. But I kind of like Texas Tech. I like Texas Tech, too. They're one of the best three-point shooting schools uh, this year, right, and they really have a tough hill to climb because I think they play Michigan next too, so they can do the same thing that you know Auburn did and just take out a powerhouse and then really put people on watch. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, I I I like that there is still all the number one seeds remaining. I think that's pretty cool, and it'd be awesome if they all ended up in the final four. I, I don't think that's ever happened. Has I don't it? know I don't that know. it has. Um, but, I mean, Duke almost lost the other day. And that kind of shows to the other teams that they're not invincible. And UCF isn't, you know, a great basketball program name, but they should have won that game. I don't know if you saw. <laughs> I, I did watch the game. Um, I was on the edge of my seat, you know, because I have Duke as my champ. And they deserved to lose that game. They definitely did. The It was just an ugly game for Duke. And you have to give credit to UCF to matching Duke's style. And almost beating them. They really, they could have won on a last-second tip-in. Yeah, UCF coach Johnny Dawkins used to play for Duke. 
That's so crazy. So when you say match the play style and he he he's familiar with it. He knows. You know who missed the? Did you see the second tip by UCF? Yeah. That was Johnny Dawkins' son, the I, head coach's son, missed that tip, and it seemed like there was a lid on the basketball hoop, and, and it just seemed like uh, everything was going in Duke's favor, especially at the end there. But uh, another thing about UCF is, did you see the uh, post-game speech by Johnny Dawkins? I did not, no. Oh, man. Uh, it floated up on my Instagram page, and he gave a very moving speech uh, to his players who it was obvious that they were crying in the background, and, you know, they should have been. It, it was a tough loss that they should have won. It very been emotional awesome. game, yeah. Very emotional. It would have been awesome to beat Duke, but he gave a hell of a speech, man. And I mean, that's the type of coach you want to have in your locker room, and I think that speaks volumes to the UCF program and uh, if, I, if I'm a sophomore junior in high school right now I see that I'm like that's the type of coach I want to play for and live in Florida yeah well you're you're a big guy for like these nice like you know well yeah these nice weather places you of know, course you're always trying to sell people but, in California but think man, and- but think, man. You, you you lose now but I feel like that speech and you know the heart that they showed in the game is only going to move them forward mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see you know, because in the NCAA, you have the the one-and-done rule and everything. Right. Even though there are guys that are freshmen, sophomore, you know, juniors that can come back, they can leave. And a they lot can. Of UCF is a surprise team, so you, you never know what's going to happen because guys might be getting, you know, calls from agents and everything right now. Like, now is your best opportunity. But it'll be interesting to see who on that team comes back. Yeah. And if they can make noise next year, too. I feel like they should, and like I said, it's only to uh, assist their program in recruiting. Dawkins is a great coach, and he definitely portrayed that he's all about his players. And you know, That's a something loss, you love. Right. Loss is a loss, and it hurts, but they're going to be okay. One thing I want to say about the NCAA, my dad actually told me this today, it's the 40th anniversary of the most-watched college basketball game ever when Magic Johnson and Larry Bird played against each other. Really? Yeah, when Magic was at Michigan State. And Larry Bird was at Indiana State, and they played each other. And apparently, it's like the numbers are—it's the most watched NCAA basketball game of all time. So today's the anniversary of that. Forty years. That's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, just to think about it too, they were, you know, obviously matched up in college, and it's the most watched college game of all time. If you fast forward to their NBA careers, yeah, and just the Lakers and the Celtics and mm-hmm. Magic versus Larry. That's really cool. It is really cool, and I feel like there there hasn't really been uh, two guys like that who were rivals in college and big name guys, and then moved on to you know two big franchises and and where it stayed that way. Right. Yeah. I can't think of it. I can't think of any other two guys. Maybe there is, but who cares? <laughs> so that that could that was our NCAA basketball buffer. You want to just finish up with the NL West, and then we can you know end the podcast with Gronk and our questions. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so. Let's see here. NL West, you know, obviously the teams, you have the Los Angeles Dodgers, Colorado Rockies, Arizona Diamondbacks, San Francisco Giants, and the San Diego Padres. Uh, You know, we've talked about some of these teams due to Manny Machado signing with the Padres and signing what was the biggest deal before Trout and before Harper. But last year, the Dodgers won the division. Um, Rockies in second, Diamondbacks in third, Giants in fourth, Padres all the way in last place in fifth. Yeah. You know, um, the thing is, this division, it's, Giants are past their prime, you know, where they're winning World Series every other year, every odd year. Yeah. Padres really don't have the pieces to compete yet, I don't think. The Diamondbacks are average. The Rockies are just above average. And the Dodgers are just that team that can never seem to 
eclipse right. winning a championship. Yeah, they're they're a team that's always going to be one of the best during the regular season and then hit the playoffs and kind of collapse. That's what we've seen at least in the past few years. Yeah, I mean, where do you want to start here, Matt? What do you let's, think? Let's just bust out the Dodgers because there's not really much to say. Nothing's really changed for them. No. All right, so we'll start with the Dodgers. Uh, for those of you that are unaware, they did win the division last year, went 92-71. and 71. And then this year, projected to go 95-67. and 67. Again, that's by Bleacher Report, so slightly better, three more games. And the biggest thing for them, honestly, is probably the signing of A.J. Pollock. Yeah. I mean, what what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up their roster. Uh, here. They they have great pitching. They have for the past several years with Kershaw and Rich Hill and Maeda, Joe Kelly. Uh, they've always had a solid infield. Russell Martin's like a hundred years old. He he's on the team. Cody Bellinger's a young guy. Uh, Corey Seager, the red-haired man, Justin Turner. Everyone loves him, and they have David Freeze in the infield too. And then the outfield led by uh, the the youngish guy, Jock Peterson. Yep. I mean, and a name you did forget, too. Um, I know a lot of guys like him and doesn't hit that high for average. Max Muncie. Yeah, Max he play, Muncie. He plays first for them. You know, he, he has some power. I think he was in the home run derby last year. It's just, I don't know, they, they certainly have players and everything. But it's just, it amazes me that with the guys that they've had over the past five years, that this team really hasn't. Well, that's, what I wanna, that's what I want to bring up. I want to talk about the Rockies next is because uh, while they don't have the the star power the Dodgers usually do, and the Rockies ended up finishing in second last year, I feel like they can overtake them this year and take that first place and, and make a deep playoff run. Let's see. What are the, so you want to go to the Rockies now? If you have anything else to say about the Dodgers, I just feel like it's it's well it's all public knowledge at this point. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the Dodgers is we forgot to say anything about Walker Bueller. Uh, he busts on the scene as a, you know, one of their top pitchers last year. I think he's gonna have another big year and surprise some people. Um, and especially with Kershaw being injured right now, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does because I think he's really tied to their success. Okay, I got you. Before we move on to the Rockies, though, let's do a quick ad read. Uh, it's for the Edinburgh Hotel Bar. Supporters of WFSE include the Edinburgh Hotel Bar, serving a variety of lunch and dinner items every day from their location at 100 Medial Street in downtown Edinburgh. Information is at 814-734-513 or online at edinburghhotelbar.com. I'm hungry now. You're hungry now? I mean, it's it's almost it's almost dinner time when we record It this, is almost so. dinner time. Well, for lunch I had uh like six pieces of broccoli. So I'm not really I definitely need to eat something. Yeah, you should definitely eat something after this or at least you know hold you over to dinner or something. Yeah. All right. So, moving on from that ad read and everything, you know, the hotel bar Great place. Um, we'll go to the Rockies. Okay. So, let's see. Came in second place last year, 91-72. and 72. Just lost to the Dodgers, you know, uh, didn't win the division. I think they actually had to do a one-game playoff to determine, uh, if I'm right. That sounds to, right. To I determine so. who won the division and then which one would actually be the wild card team. Uh, this, unfortunately, yep, they did. They lost that game, uh, wound up being a wild card team. And then this year they're projected to come in second place again, but 86 and 76. So some fall off. Mm. But that surprises me, honestly. I think it's due to the fact that they don't really have an outstanding pitching staff. No, I mean, there's no guy on this team where it's like you fear facing him. I feel like any of their pitchers are beatable. Yeah. But 
This is another high-run team, though. Yeah, and it's easy to hit in Colorado. Everyone says it's like the best ballpark for hitters, and they added guys this year, too, that just have some serious power in their bat that I think is going to make them score even more runs. Daniel Murphy? Yep, that's exactly who I was alluding to. Was Ian to. Desmond added, too? Uh, I think or, Ian, Ian Desmond was on the team last year. Okay. But, yeah, guys like that, you know, and then you have just returning guys, Trevor too. Trevor Story. When you're, yeah, Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman's my one of my favorite guys in the MLB. When you're used to playing there and everything, it's just you're only going to get better. Right, and they have some of the coolest throwback uniforms in all sports, I think, like the pinstripe one with the, the purple and the white. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. For those of you that don't know what uniform or jersey, whatever word you want to use, uh, talking about, go up on Google and type in Colorado Rockies throwback uniforms or jerseys. It is certainly something to see. I think right up there with the Diamondbacks for the best throwbacks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, all right, so let's see. What, what you, you go ahead with the Rockies here. What do you want to highlight? I, you know, I think they are going to overtake the Dodgers. Um, like I said, the pitching staff isn't that incredible, but with the supporting cast of hitters that they have, uh, they're going to be a high-run team. And I think it's going to be enough to push them past the Dodgers. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I really have nothing else to say about the Rockies. Yeah, my biggest thing is their project. You know, their ace is John Gray. A lot of people don't even know who the heck he is. Yeah, I don't. He, he's a good pitcher, but he's not a number one. So I think just if they get a pitching injury, they can certainly go from second to heck, maybe even third or fourth. But, like, this team has some serious power in their lineup. And who knows? Maybe there'll be a team that'll go out and sign a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who still remains yeah. unsigned, because they can certainly use him. And I think he'd be a big acquisition. Right. Well, I think they're guaranteed, uh, you know, spot one or two, because let's move on to the Diamondbacks, which finished third last year. But it's it's kind of a big fall-off talent-wise, I think, from the Rockies on down. So with the Diamondbacks, obviously they have Zach Greinke. Who, I you know, I, I've never understood the thrill. I, I get that he's a pretty good pitcher, but he's never really been a guy to lead. I mean, he's he's never really done well in the playoffs, right? I think he did good in one playoffs, like the second the second year that uh, him and Kershaw had like that yeah. shot, like in like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, but other than but that, like besides I, that, he's never had to be the main guy. No, I've never really been a huge fan of him. And the Diamondbacks, they they were pretty good a few years ago, weren't they? Two years ago? Yeah, they were. When, like, Paul Goldschmidt came on the scene and, like, they... And, like, hit his stride, yeah. Yeah. But other than that, uh, they signed Adam Jones. They did. And they got him for a steal, too. Yeah. A one-year deal, you know. You get this guy that's the face of a franchise, you know, in the Orioles and holds, like, all the records and everything, and you get him in a one-year deal to come and just really teach this young core of, like, guys that you're trying to develop. Right the right way to play and the right way to act, and I think that's a great move by them. I love I love that they got Adam Jones. I've always liked him. Never really would be a fan of him on the Yankees because he's kind of like a scumbag in my eyes, but uh, good so player. So you're a big fan of him. Why do you think why, like, why do you think he he's... He wouldn't fit in with, with the Yankee way, and if you, you, you know what I'm talking about. I, I do, but, like, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a, I don't know. You can't judge him, I think, until, like, you see what he does on a team. But Well, he'll never be on the Yankees. Yeah, no, he won't. Never. He, so, with the outfield they have now, right. there's no chance that really anything changes probably for the next three, four years anyway, no. and he'll be out of baseball by then. What are the Diamondbacks projected? All right, so Diamondbacks are projected to come in third, go 81-81, and 81, even 500 record this year. <sighs> That's 
brutal stuff, man. And then last year they were in third with eighty two and eighty. So mm. literally the same exact thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one game. And I think a big thing is the pitching, like we said. You have Granky as your ace. You know, he is a great pitcher. But after that you have Yoshi Hasa Hirano. Uh then you have guys like let's see here, Robbie Ray, Luke Weaver. And Zach Godley. It's just, it's a lot of question marks. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks. And I have really uh, nothing else to say about them. If you have anything else, just want to end it up mm. here with the Giants and the Padres and move on. Yeah, I would say. I don't really want to spend much time on either of these teams because we spent a lot of time uh, highlighting the whole Machado thing. We talked a little bit about the Padres when he signed with them. Yep, way but back the, then. The Giants, to me, they're just a team that's stagnant. They're a team that hasn't made any really positive moves, and while they have the same guys they were once successful with, they can't seem to be successful with them anymore. I mean, guys like, you know, Bumgarner's still a pretty good pitcher, but Jeff Not the Samar- same, though. Right, Jeff Samarja is past his prime. Buster Posey's been around. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford. Evan Longoria's on the team now. Pablo Sandoval. It's well, he just, just came back. Yeah, but it's just, I'm saying it's guys that have been a part of the team or have been a part of the team for a while and left. You need to make some sort of change because, like I said, they once were successful, but now it's not looking that great. No. Um, so just to, like, reiterate what Matt's talking about here, Giants last year, 73-89, and 89, certainly not the San Francisco Giants that anyone remembers from being that dynasty and that powerhouse in the National League. Um, this year, Bleacher Report has them going 66-96. and 96. Almost losing 100 games. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But, are I they, mean, I, I think they'll definitely come in last. Are they um, projected to come in last? Yeah, they're projected to come in last, and I think they definitely will. Oh, yeah. But that's bad. To go from, like, such a high to such a low in probably a three- to four-year period is crazy. And like you said, they have a lot of the same guys. Bumgarner, Posey, Sandoval, Johnny Cueto's still on their roster, but people say they want to flip him a bad contract for a bad contract trade. Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt. The the only guys on this team where I'm, like, excited to actually, like, watch them are Posey because he's one of the greatest catchers ever. Um, Evan Longoria because he's still actually relevant. Yeah. And then I'm excited. Uh, Derek Rodriguez, he bust onto the scene as a rookie last year, and he's actually Avon Rodriguez's, like, Pudge Rodriguez right. from the Tigers and the Rangers, and they even played on the Yankees and, you know, and everything. He, that's his son. Well, it's his son. Yeah. So wow. that I mean, that's really cool. I mean, imagine your dad being a Hall of Fame catcher, and you bust into baseball as a starting pitcher. I bet you that was cool to do long tosses and play catch yeah. with your dad because you worked on all these right. pitches. Yeah, that that is a pretty awesome thing to do, I'd assume. But he gets to join a team that's probably going to have 100 losses, so that's not too exciting. I, probably at least 90, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's putting it mildly. It's just... I don't know. Well, I say we move on to the Padres. Yeah, we'll close out with the Padres. Yeah, like we we've we've talked about it talked about it before. I forgot how to talk there for a second. Like Machado, obviously a great player. They have Hosmer. They have Ian Kinsler, Will Myers, Hunter Renfro. They have good pieces. Pitching, not great at all. I don't even have anybody marked down for them. And uh, I don't know. They they just seem like a team that's not. Uh, kind of primed to win in that division especially yeah there's a reason that you know they came in last last year 
and they're projected to come in fourth this year. 66 and 96, almost lost 100 games last year, going 77 and 85 projected this year. You know, you have the big signing of Machado, and that's great and everything, but there's still no pitching. This team is definitely, I would say, three or four years away, and who knows if they'll be able to hold on to guys that they're trying to build around now and start the rebuild with in that time because then Hosmer's deal will be up. I think Machado has an opt-out after like four years, so who knows if they'll take the losing. Kinsler will be gone. He'll be done with baseball. I mean, besides Machado and Hosmer and, like, Ian Kinsler and everything, their best, like, young guys are Chris Paddock, who literally just got told yesterday that he was making the starting league rotation, the big league rotation, and Framil Reyes, who was this highly coveted outfield prospect last year, yeah, that then came up and just couldn't hit for average. It's uh, It's interesting, but... They are certainly pieces away, and we'll see what happens. Um, either them or the Giants are coming in last. And Yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed. Actually, hold on. One thing I do want to highlight before we do move on, though, is a sneaky signing and pickup for the Padres, Garrett Richards. He used to be the number two starter for the Angels behind Jer- uh, Jared Weaver Yeah. before he basically imploded. And then Richards was the number one. Uh, then he had Tommy John surgery, and it's been a very slow grind for him coming back. They picked him up. So if he can stay healthy, he can certainly be a guy that can kind of carry this team. Well, we'll see here soon, honestly. Opening day is Opening tomorrow. day is tomorrow, so, you know, by the time we record, you know, next week or, you know, a couple more episodes and everything, some yeah. things will start to take shape. Things will be in full swing. It'll be exciting to see how it plays out after, you know, highlighting all these divisions and That'll do it for our coverage of, of the divisions, right? Yeah, that right. six divisions in baseball, you know, we, we've we covered them all now. And uh, it'll be interesting to listen back to these, you know, at the end of the year and everything and see if how right we were or how yeah. wrong we were. See if see if we're like some super good baseball gurus and if we should keep this going or just kind of give up. I mean, I, <laughs> we can still keep it going, but I don't know if we'll be gurus. Yeah, well, well you never know. If we make some pretty impressive calls. We do. We, do, we certainly have some bold predictions, too. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about Gronk retiring from football. All right. So, everyone knows I'm a big Jets fan. Uh, you know, love New York, love the Jets. Hopefully, my team's able to over, you know, make some positive strides and overtake the Patriots dynasty now. But this is a big thing. Gronk retiring. He was Tom Brady's safety net. Really, it was always when he was on the field. It was always him and Edelman. Yep. That somehow you can throw double, triple coverage at him, they were still open and would make that many catches. Um, just some, you know, Rob Gronkowski referred to as Gronk. Uh, you know, he played ten years in the NFL, and during that time, he really solidified himself as. He's the, the greatest tight end of all time. See, people say that. The thing is, it's just I don't know if he played long enough to be considered that because him and if he did it for like probably like three, four more years. Then I would say that, but like him retiring, he's 29 now. Yeah, but and like injury, you know, the guy I think had 13 major injuries in his career, so it's really unfortunate because you know, and the way he played was so physical, so you right. certainly see why he's retiring. But um, during his career, he was a five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, won three Super Bowls, and then more impressively, 521 receptions, which in 10 seasons. That's actually high for a tight end. I know everyone's used to this, like, you know, receivers having 
80 to 100 receptions to be considered like top, you know, top players or anything. Yeah. Think about it. How many receptions does a tight end get in a game where you're honestly like blown away? Well, the average tight end has like two to three catches. That's the thing. Brady, or, or I'm sorry, Gronk has kind of won hit like, no one is like him at no. all. Because he's not a guy that is put out there to block or, you know, to be a diversion. He is. He's out there to make number plays. one or two to yeah. to make a reception, you know, as you mentioned Edelman, but that's what's kind of really strikes me as very impressive about his career is he's not your everyday uh, tight end. No, I, I would say he honestly he's an revolution- oversized receiver. I would say he revolutionized the tight end position. Absolutely, and I, it's going to be sad to not see him play anymore. I'm sure Bills fans are going to be happy and Jets fans as well, but uh, I don't think he's done. I don't think so either because his agent made a very, uh, you know. Awkward comment yesterday, actually, and very truthful. So he was asked for comment about you know him retiring at such an early age, and then going into another physical thing because a lot of people are saying he's going to go sign with the WWE now, <laughs> and a lot of people are saying, well, that's really physical too. If he's worried about injuries, why would you do that? And yeah. he said, I wouldn't rule it out that if Tom Brady called him mid-season, you know, if like some injury happened or was like, listen, we need you. Yeah. That Gronk wouldn't go strap on a helmet and say, okay. No, absolutely, and that's the thing. So it's kind of exciting to think about if you're a Patriots fan is, yeah, you lose Gronk, but hey, if things don't go well this season, which, come on out, even without him, it's probably going to go well. You have Tom Brady as your quarterback still and Bill Belichick still your coach, but if he needs to call him up and say, hey, man, we need you, I am Like one more run, like I want you. I'm very certain he'll come back. And like you said, he's 29. If he wants to come back, he can. If he wants to pursue the WWE thing, go ahead. But, uh, it, you know, one of his kind, one of a kind tight end, and there will never be anybody like Rob Gronkowski, in my opinion. And he's from Buffalo, so yeah. it's cool. Listen, if Jason Witten can come back after a year of, yeah. you know, basically just doing broadcasting. Being a terrible broadcaster. And suit up for the Cowboys again, I think Gronk can come back after sitting out two years or something like that. Yeah. Well, like, I, hope, I hope he does. I mean... Dude, 79 touchdowns, too. Yeah. He, who who Who's the best tight end now? Travis Kelsey? You know, it's like... Either Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz. Exactly. And without Gronk really busting onto the scene or anything, I don't think you see tight ends like that. No, definitely not. But it's you, certainly going to be... It's a uh, different, you know, Patriots team and a different outlook on really football because he was one of the guys where he stayed in check with the league and everything. But he was kind of the face of them. He did, like, you know, the Tide Pod commercials, and he was a partier. Yeah. And, like, a lot of young fans liked him because of that, because he he's was respectful, just, he's, he's a cool guy. played well, and he was just different. Right. So. All right. Well, do you want to do our last ad read, and then we'll ask each other our questions? Yeah, let's do our last ad read here. All right. So, supporters of w- WFSE include Bonnell's Collision, Erie and Fairview, providing a full range of automotive collision repair services. Information is available on the web at bonnellscollision.com. So cool. if you guys need anything, you know, anything looked at in your car, oil change, uh, you know, maybe someone dinged up your door in one of the Highlands parking lots around campus, yeah. go look up Bonnell's well, Auto Group. Funny funny that's our ad read for the day because my question for you, Bunger, we try to do this every week, my question for you is how many parts of a car under the roof, like where the engine is, can you name? Oh, dude, I don't know. How many? Come on. Like, do you actually want me to name them, or am I, like, just, like, guessing how many I can name? Because, like... Name them, and I'll count. 
I mean, you have the engine. Okay. You have, um, I was gonna say I was just gonna say belts, but belts works. I'll take belts. All right. So you have your engine. You have your belts. You have, um, let's see. You have your power steering uh, fluid thing. <laughs> like, hey, listen, you, you didn't get technical here. So, I your mean. Your p- power steering fluid thing? Yeah, you know, where you put in your power steering and everything. Okay. You put in your windshield wiper I'll fluid. I'll give you t- that. You put in your windshield wiper fluid, too. Okay, four. Listen, I don't have a car, so th- this is definitely going to be, like, one of the hardest questions you ask me and everything. I was and I'm just not, curious. I'm not claiming to be any uh, car expert or anything, but, you know. Um, Radiator? Yeah, you know, you have your. Ra- what's H- Head gasket? Yep, your head gasket. What's that one that's like thousands of dollars to replace? That's not an engine, but like. Oh, I know the head gasket's pretty expensive. Okay. Um, radiator too. Your battery's there. Your AC's in there too, actually. Yeah. Even though it's in your car, and that's like seven hundred dollars or more to replace yeah. generally. So that's that's my question for you. All right. What do you got for me? My question for you would be. If we if we were able to do this podcast with any uh, current or former MLB player, yeah, who would it be and why? Like oh, they're here every week, every week with us. Yeah, and they don't have to be from the area. Like they can just like teleport here, or take like some private jet. Mm, that would or... take quite the technology. Um, I feel like I'd, I'd want to be. I want to like an old. I'd say Cal Ripken. Cal, Cal Ripken, Ripken? Jr. Yeah. That'd be cool because honestly, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, revolutionized baseball. Definitely, and like he has the old school outlook, and he still really is around the game. Right. So he understands it now too. And I think that was like my first baseball glove when I was a kid. It was the like Cal a, the Cal Ripken glove. Mine was a Derek Jeter glove. That'd Derek be, Jeter. Yeah. Would you pick Derek Jeter? No, honestly, wouldn't pick Derek Jeter. I think uh, a guy that would like match our personalities well. Yeah. Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher. I think that'd That's be really a great cool. Call. To have Swisher come that in with, a great like, call. very energetic. Yeah. And he still does broadcasting or anything, so it'd be yeah. really cool to just have him here every week. Well, guys, uh, we're going to email, uh, who did I say? Cal Ripken oh, and Nick gonna, Swisher. Yeah, we're going to email Cal Ripken and Nick Swisher. Yeah, I'll, I'll toss him a uh, direct yeah. message or something on Twitter, see, too. See if they can, if they want to teleport here every week for the show. But that's our show. Uh, episode six was today. Um, pretty exciting that opening day is tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Absolutely. And we're going to come back next week and not be covering each division, but just kind of covering the... The season as it goes, like any as big it goes, news. Right? And yeah, I would say next week, let's say, we'll cover any big topics that happen throughout yeah. the next week. I feel like now um, it's going to become kind of more all sports encompassing. Yeah. I, one thing I definitely want to talk about next week, though, is the Sweet 16, the round of the Sweet 16. Definitely. And then, like, who's left in the Elite Eight. Right. Because March Madness, especially, you know, our demographics, probably a lot of people, like our friends and college kids... That's important. So, Of course. But thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, um, we'll, we look we'll, forward to it next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week.